Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. Your call-in numbers is always 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email is talk at WDAY.com. You know, we, um, we, we, we've had an ongoing debate about gay marriage and, and the freedom of association, and it's been settled by the U.S. Supreme Court uh, for the good, I think, that gay couples are allowed to associate with one another under a social contract that we call marriage. But there's another, another issue alongside that, which which I think has its has its roots in the same area, but which is also very controversial. And it's it's the idea that that the state can compel you to provide unwilling service to in in, in a situation where where you don't want to provide it. And to me, that that also connotates a a freedom of of, of association. But there are many state laws, for instance, my next guest, my guest today, uh, where they, that force businesses to work in, in situations that they don't want to work. Um, specifically, the case that I'm talking about, and you've probably seen it in the headlines, it is a Minnesota-based video production company out of St. Cloud, I believe. Uh, they're called Telescope Media Group. Uh, it's a It's an organization... Uh, owned by Carl and Angel Larson. The Larsons are suing the state of Minnesota with the assistance of the Alliance Defending Freedom over that state's Human Rights Act, which mandates that if the Larsons want to work at weddings, which consist of a marriage between a man and a woman, they also have to work at same-sex marriages. On with me right now is their attorney, one of their attorneys, Caleb Dalton, he works as uh, legal counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom. Caleb, welcome to the program. Rob, thank you for having me. Give us a summary of the case. Did I, was I, did I get everything right? Was that an accurate summary? Tell us what's going on. Yeah, Rob, I think that's a fair assessment. Really what the, the Larsons here are doing, Carl and, and Angel, want to use their abilities as artists and storytellers to tell the story of marriage as they see it. The, the case you mentioned uh, regarding same-sex marriage of Burgafell, Justice Kennedy there wrote that even after that, that people like the Larsons would remain free to advocate with utmost and sincere conviction that the union of one man and one woman is what constitutes marriage. And, and Carl and Angel were excited about doing that, and then they were really devastated to find that Minnesota law threatens them with jail if that's what they do. So this case is really a, it's a civil rights case for everybody. It's a, it's a case about the freedom of speech and, as you mentioned, the freedom of association as well. Uh, you know, the Supreme Court said that, that same-sex couples have the right to get married, um, but the same rights that preserve, uh, you know, the, the Constitution that was used to, to create that right also permits the, the Larsons to decide what content they want to include in their cinemographic uh, productions. 701-293-9000 if you want to join the program. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Caleb, I I agree with the freedom of association, and I agree that we should not have state laws which compel people like the Larsons and when they're working through their businesses to, to work it 
in situations that they do not want to. Now, that being said, I support gay marriage. I don't think that I would patronize a business that would that would make that sort of decision. Um, I don't agree with it, but uh, to me, that's distinct from them having the freedom to make that decision. But let me play devil's advocate, because when this comes up, what we hear from the supporters of these laws is that we already have a Civil Rights Act that makes it illegal to, uh, for instance, uh, you know, the, the very famous you know civil rights situation where you had uh, lunch counters at Woolworths refusing to serve african-americans and so i think the question is if we can compel that sort of a business to serve people and, and not discriminate on on basis of race then what's the problem with laws forcing uh, businesses to not discriminate based on sexual orientation yeah i, I think that's a that's a great question that a lot of people are, are uh, wrestling through and the short answer is we all know the difference between serving a sandwich and cinematography. We all know the difference between, you know, the lunch counter and a marriage ceremony. Uh, one of them expresses a message that's really at the core of many uh, people's belief system, and the other doesn't. Making a sandwich doesn't express a message. You're just serving a person. And and one thing to, to take note of is is Carl and Angel are happy to serve anyone. They they make video productions for anyone, no matter what their sexual orientation. What they object to is, is not serving people who identify as gay or lesbian. That's, that's not an issue for them at all. They love them. They've had them into their homes. Their, their table is the center of their home. They have folks over uh, you know, who don't have any place to go for Thanksgiving dinner all the time. So that's not the issue for them. The issue is the government threatening them with jail if they don't use their artistic talents to promote a message that their faith says they can't promote. But are they promoting them? I mean, because I, I thought that was very interesting. When I when I booked you, you sent over a, a fact sheet, and on the fact sheet, uh, or your organization sent over a fact sheet, and, and in the fact sheet, you talk about them using their their company to specifically celebrate a uh, same sex marriage or, or even to promote it. But what we're talking about here is wedding photography or wedding cinematography. Is, is that not a service? So, so what the Larsons do and what they envision using their, their skills to do is tell the story. It's more than, more than just setting up cameras, you know, to, to capture what happened. If you, if you look at any of their work, these guys are master cinematographers. I mean, they produce some of the largest concerts, uh, Christian concerts in the country. They've done documentary-style uh, videos for Christian organizations. And what they want to do is to capture the story of of the couple getting married and this actually is not that unique in today's world of of wedding cinematographer you actually google wedding cinematography and and a lot of videographers build themselves as wedding cinematographers these days because they use their abilities to actually create a cinematic like story for the couple and what the one of the things the larsons do is also they create original animations that they include in their videos so they're really like you mentioned a earlier they're they're associating and and really pouring their hearts and souls into every production that they want make they want to wow their customers with an amazing production and to do that they would have to tell the story of same-sex marriage in a, in a way that really violates their faith because they believe that marriage is and should be the union of just one man and one woman and you know the supreme court said that that's a, a belief that's held by many sincere people of goodwill um, and it's not a belief that we should threaten people with jail if, if they won't communicate the opposite of.
if if you won this lawsuit, would that mean that if somebody running a restaurant could refuse to serve a homosexual couple? No. No, this is this is an issue about free free speech. Um, I give you a, a few hypotheticals that I think it it would protect. It would protect a Democrat speech writer if they didn't want to write speeches to promote, you know, the Republican presidential candidate. It would, you know, protect a Muslim singer if they didn't want to sing Christian hymns at a wedding. Uh, protect a gay printer if they didn't want to promote, you know, uh, church signs for a, a marriage conference if they didn't want to print marriage for a church because that would be communicating a message that would violate their faith. Uh, I mean, it would protect a pro-abortion photographer if they don't want to uh, photograph the March for Life, a major um, gathering in D.C. every year. This is really about the freedom of expression for all Americans. It's not just about the Larsons here. It's about the ability of each one of us of diverse faiths, of diverse belief system. We may disagree with one another, but the government shouldn't come in and dictate what kind of content we use our, our, our talents to create. 701-293-9000, talking with Caleb Dalton. He's an attorney for the Alliance Defending Freedom. We have a couple minutes left if you want to join in. So what are the next steps, Caleb? Um, have you filed the lawsuit? I mean, how, would, how does this play out for those of us who aren't working in the, in the legal industry? Sure. So we filed the complaint on Monday. Uh, so that you know, lays out the legal claims and the legal bases for the Carl and Angel's claims. And then, you know, lawsuits can proceed in, in different ways uh, from then. This is a, the kind of case I think should be able to decided, be decided on, on motions submitted to the court. I don't think a trial would be necessary here because, you know, there's not a whole lot of facts for the court to find. It's, it's really an issue of does the Constitution, you know, allow – the Larsons and all other Americans to be able to decide what content they include. And that's, I think, a, a matter of law that the court should be able to decide pretty quickly. Do you have, I mean, have, have they run into the situation, the Larsons, where they've had a complaint filed against them or they've been asked to work at this sort of a uh, this sort of an event uh, and, and they refused? I mean, has that happened or is this a sort of preemptive strike against the law? So this is what we call a pre-enforcement challenge. So the Larsons have actually decided not to tell the stories of marriage right now. They don't, they don't do opposite-sex weddings either because the law threatens them with jail if they do that, and they don't do same-sex wedding ceremonies. So what they're doing is they're asking the court to declare their rights under the Constitution so they don't have to you know, risk going to jail if they you know, get into this business and then also abide by their conscience. All right. Well, Caleb, thanks for your time. Certainly appreciate it. And, and keep us in the loop as this unfolds. Sounds good, Rob. Thanks for having me on. That's Caleb Dalton from the Alliance Defending Freedom. They're a uh, Christian legal group. I, I think they mostly got this one right, but I want to discuss a little bit more after the break. Your phone calls too, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Reports, 701-293-9000, your local number, 888-970-9329 is your toll-free number. You can email me, too, talk at WDAY.com. Um, you know, in cases like the one we just heard out of Minnesota, I, I, I think they're the sort of the, the next front in, 
I, I, I think our society's efforts to, to come to grips with the fact that there are, uh, we have a very large and, and very vibrant um, homosexual community in our country, and trying to come to grips with society of a way to let them live their lives in, in, in a manner that, that they see fit uh, and allow them the same freedoms that everybody else enjoys, while not necessarily, you know, setting aside the, the rights of, of people who, who maybe disagree with that lifestyle or what have you, believe in. I, I'm, I, am, I have no problems at all with homosexuality. I'm glad they're able to marry. I, I find so much, so much wonderful about my own marriage. I can't imagine wanting to deny it to anybody else. But the, the, thing, the thing where I, I think the gay rights movement goes too far is where, you know, arguing to have the same rights as, as heterosexual couples, you know, to live your life and to make those choices for yourselves is fine. I don't like where it turns into we're going to disallow other people making choices. And, and I, I think that comes down to businesses such as wedding photographers, cake bakers, what have you, caterers, if they don't want to work at a, at a gay marriage, I don't think they should have to. And I'm not sure it reflects well on the homosexual community to, to, to promote laws or, 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 or to promote political activity to, to try to force them to. I don't know that that's conducive to living in a peaceful society. I don't know that it's peaceful to or, or it's, it's conducive to what I think are the larger aims of the homosexual community was just to live at peace in society and live their lives and find success and prosperity and happiness just like the rest of us. I will tell you that any business that discriminates against homosexuals is a business that will not have my business. Um, I make that decision for myself. And I think it would be awful if we ever ran into a situation where the government decided that they were going to force me to patronize a business that I didn't want to patronize, right? Because that would be the same sort of violation of of my sincerely held beliefs, my sincerely held principles that I, I think uh, a couple, a Christian couple like the ones whose who's attorney we just spoke to, the Larsons out of Minnesota, that's what they're feeling, where they are being compelled to, to violate their strongly held beliefs. You and I may have different opinions about their beliefs. We may think their beliefs are silly. We may think their beliefs are offensive. But that's not the point. It's it's not about how you and I feel about it. It's about whether or not they're allowed to exercise them. And I think in a free society, people ought to generally be able to exercise their association rights as they wish. I I generally think problems, I, I, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up and, and, and listen... There was a problem in another era where we had even even we had even the law which was condoning like racial discrimination and things like that. That was wrong and we were right to fight against that. But in 2016, you know, I think there's also room to say without being called a bigot or what have you that people should be able to to say no. I think Americans have a right to say no and I think that's very very important. More to come straight ahead, 701-293-9000, 
Welcome back, Rob Report, 701-293-9000, your local number. 888-970-9329 is your toll-free number. You can email me too, talk at WDAY.com. We have a uh, emailer, uh, Chris. Uh, he goes, I am a big advocate for LGBT rights and do agree with your statement about rights for businesses to refuse service. However, I think there must be some limits for businesses which have little competition in a given market. For example, what if a business was the only one available uh, for a given service in an area? Yeah, I mean, I obviously there's got to be limits on this. Um, and I would, you know, it, it, first of all, Anybody that works for the government, the, the government should have a position of non-discrimination, right? We're all citizens of the government. It's not the right, the, the freedom of association right that I'm talking about is not a right the government as an entity has. And I, I feel like if you go to work for the government, understanding that the government has a responsibility to serve all citizens, then you by definition give up that right. So you can't be a police officer and say, I don't want to respond to calls involving homosexuals or I don't I don't want to respond to a call of uh, a situation at a homosexual wedding or a firefighter or something like that. You can't do that. If you're working for the government, you give up those rights. Um, Now, it becomes more complicated if we're talking about a private business. Uh, For instance, I, I would think to Chris's point Maybe we're talking about, uh, you know, the only grocery store in a in a small town, um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I I would I would argue that the situations where where that would become an issue would be vanishingly rare. I mean, first of all, you would have to have a situ. I mean, you would you would have to have a situation where you're in a you're in a situation where there's just one business providing the service, and then that business is going to then also discriminate. And I don't. I mean, has that happened anywhere before? I mean, do we have an example of this happening? And I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm willing to say that it's, it's okay to impose on people's rights, impose on their freedom of association, based on a hypothetical that, to my knowledge, has never existed anywhere. Um, you know, and, and, and the problem is, is because if, if you're talking about a big business, right, like like Amazon or Walmart or McDonald's, they don't care. They're going to serve whoever's going to, you know, buy from them. They're not, they, you know, they don't want to discriminate. It's bad for business. Um, no business that, that's sufficiently large is, is going to discriminate that. In 2016, in this day and age where as a society we have decided that that sort of uh, discrimination is distasteful. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is a problem that sort of solves itself. Uh, let's see. Another emailer says, uh, Max, what happened to a proprietor's right to refuse service to anybody? Well, you know, it went away a long time ago. Uh, it went away, uh, you know, back, back during the civil rights movement. And, you know, again, it's, it's such a complicated thing. And I think when people, it's, it's sort of like the flag burning argument, right? Because people like to assume that because you believe, as, as I do, you believe in a First Amendment right to burn the flag, that you like flag burners or, or that you yourself condone burning the flag. And, and I think there's a very important distinction to be made there, which is that you can support somebody's freedom to do something that you personally find distasteful or objectionable. 
And, and I think that's the point that I'm trying to articulate here is I think that a business and, and it, it goes in a lot of areas. I don't think that businesses like Hobby Lobby should be forced to you know pay for medical coverage for for contraception if or, or abortif- whatever it was that they were objecting to. If they feel like that violates their faith, then they shouldn't have to pay for it. Um, you know, I, I believe that, and I, I think that's, you know, people get upset about that, and they think they have the right to have other people pay for that sort of stuff for them, and they think they have the right to conscript a cake baker to come work at their wedding, and and I don't. And if, if, if sometimes you run up against somebody who wants to discriminate against you, who doesn't want to serve you for whatever reason, I would say that that is one of the challenges for living in a free society. You know, it could be different. We could just have the government dictate to us everything that we're going to do, but then we wouldn't be a free society anymore. And I think that would be a lot worse. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Caller, Jeff from West Fargo. What's up? Jim. Oh, uh, I have Jeff. Yeah, you're Jim. Sure. Jim. Fine. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and that's one of the things I really have a problem with is how there's these people out there like Jim Shaw and some of these other people who want to push for this, you know, uh, anti-discrimination laws for LGBT people in employment and in renting. You know, they're trying to create a problem where there isn't one. I mean, I don't know anybody who discriminates against people based on any of those instances. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really just makes you think there's some kind of a nefarious idea here or, a, or, or motive to just force this agenda down people's throats whether or not they like yeah. it or not. I, I think, you know, and I, the, the problem I have is if we talk about agendas and stuff, I generally think the people who, who promote this sort of policy are well-meaning, uh, just as I think the sort of people who, who promote bans against flag burning are well-meaning. I, I think they're coming from a place that I generally agree with. In the case of flag burning, I don't like flag burning. In the case of discrimination, I don't like discrimination. I, I think it's ridiculous, and personally, I would make the choice if I found out that a business was had a policy of, of discriminating against homosexuals. I would not patronize that business. I would be critical of that business because that's how things work in a free society, and I have that right. And I, and I, and I, just, and I agree with you, but I do right. think that there are people out there who are so, uh, how would you call it, radical or uh, um, about their position on this that, you know what, they want the legal power to force anyone who should happen to disagree with those beliefs, the legal power to sue them and go after them. And I yeah. think that's wrong. I, I, think, I think that that is a you, – you're, you're right, Jeff. Um, or Jim, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, well, my producer's got me all messed up. It's okay, Randy. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. I, I, I think what you're describing – and thanks for the call. I, I think what you're describing is a, a basic human instinct – which is to try to get everybody else around us to agree with us, right? I, I think throughout humanity, whether you're talking about the Puritans coming over to the New World for religious freedom, they weren't coming here necessarily for religious freedom so much as the freedom to practice their religion and impose their religion on everybody else. They couldn't do that in England, so they came over here to do it. So, you know, that's that's the struggle is is people have very strong points of view and I think enlightenment comes when you're able to be a strong advocate for how you see the world, whether it's politically or spiritually or what have you, to be a strong advocate for how you see the world, but then also willing to allow other people to live their lives as they see fit. 
that's the sort of society that I think that we should aspire to. That that I think is an enlightened society. What is not an enlightened society is us trying to impose our, our views on, on each other, whether it's about flag burning, whether it's about gay rights or anything else. I generally think that society works better imperfectly. Perfection is not something that we're ever going to achieve. You know, we should reject utopian ideas. But generally, society works best when individuals are as free as possible to pursue their lives in the manner that they see fit. Now, we've got to have government there. There are, you know, my decisions intersect other people and they impact other people. And so we have a need for laws and courts and law enforcement and government. And that is what it is. But we've still got to aspire to that. And, and I think people, I think many people have a hard time with that. Um, but I think that's where enlightenment comes from, is is to be willing to say what you want and to be willing to, to express your point of view, but then also finding that line to where advocacy meets force and not using that force. That's enlightenment. And it's hard. It's a struggle. I struggle with it. I think a lot of people struggle with it. But if we're cognizant of it and we strive for it, then I think it, we can have a better sort of society. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report, 701-293-9000, Hey, I got to take over a little bit of Jay Thomas's show again. Uh, so I'll be doing the first part of the show uh next hour uh jay's got something going on uh, this afternoon so i'm gonna uh, you'll be with me a little bit longer uh, after the top of this hour our topic right now is uh, discrimination there's a couple um suing the state of minnesota over their law uh they are they do wedding cinematography they say that they don't want to have to work uh they don't agree with a law that that requires them to work in homosexual marriages and so they're challenging it in court uh, and my argument is I don't necessarily, I think their objection to homosexual marriage is silly. Uh, that said, I think they have freedom of association. I don't think I don't think the law should force them to work someplace where they don't want to. And that's what we've been discussing. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. I want to get to some of these uh, emails. John emails, I only wonder why anyone who wants to remember their marriage to be clouded by having to force someone to provide services for them. At this point, I wonder if one of the more important days in one's life that is supposed to symbolize love and happiness hasn't been trumped by some petty movement agenda. Uh, this then leads me to ask if you are willing to succumb to petty squabbles during your marriage ceremony, what else will you defile for the sake of your own pettiness? You know, I, I think the thing to keep in mind is we have a distorted view of this issue. I think that most businesses don't discriminate. I, I think that most photographers and bakers and everything in the country probably have no problem at all working at, at those sorts of marriages. And I also think that, that most couples, most homosexual couples, are not out to try to force somebody to work at their wedding either. I think what you have is is a relatively small number of cases that make a lot of headlines. It's an important issue to discuss. Don't get me wrong. It, th this is an important point of law, an important uh, an important ideological philosophical discussion to have but i think we also need to keep it need to keep it in uh in context uh chris emails rob did not the people of leith north dakota do the same thing to cobb and his cohorts 
I remember something about the fact that the store refused to do business with Cobb. Maybe I am wrong. Uh, for some reason, I remember that happening. So you could say under this law, they would have to do business with them. I don't know if that would apply to this law specifically, but I think the larger point is true. Um, I, I remember as, as another illustrative point, and, and by the way, I don't remember if, if the store – I would have to look that up. I don't remember if there were stores in Leith that refused to do business with Cobb. Maybe there were. I don't know. If they did, I would support that decision. And after, uh, by the way, after the election of Donald Trump, uh, there were a lot of businesses that said that they weren't going to serve Trump voters. Um, there were businesses that said that they weren't going to serve Trump Trump's businesses that he owns. And, you know, to them, I say more power to you. That's your choice. You're allowed to make that choice. You have that freedom of association. Whether I agree with it or not is irrelevant. You're free to make that choice. More power to you. You should be allowed to make that choice. If there are people out there, businesses out there that don't want to serve me because they don't like what I have to say on SayAnythingBlog.com, they don't like what my politics are or what I have to say on the radio, more power to them. Now, I don't think there's going to be many people like that because most business owners are more pragmatic than that, but they have that right. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. I'll be doing the first part of the Jay Thomas Show. Stay tuned for that. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port in for uh, Jay Thomas for the first part of the show here. Uh, Jay's had something going on, so he'll be in a little bit later. But uh, I'm filling in here uh, for the first part. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. You want to uh, join the show that way. You know, we, we heard all this talk talking about the um dakota access pipeline situation uh, we heard all this talk about these thousands of veterans that were coming to protect the protesters um which which was all a, a little bogus to begin with and not that i have any problem with with pro with veterans who are against the pipeline i want to come here and demonstrate and and show their solidarity with the pipeline with the pipeline protesters down there although i disagree with them um i don't have a problem with that I, the idea that they were coming here to protect the protesters when the protesters have never been attacked the only time law enforcement has moved in is when the protesters have been doing illegal things uh, or law enforcement is responding to the protesters but anyway all these veterans were supposed to come here they raised over a million dollars uh wesley clark Junior, uh, who is himself a veteran, uh, son of uh, former General uh, Wesley Clark Sr., who, by the way, ran for president in 2003 uh, during the 2004 election cycle, uh, dropped out, I I think, pretty early on in the primary process, ran as a Democrat. Anyway, uh, so they they raised over a million bucks. They came to North Dakota. They arrived here, um, and things haven't gone very well. Uh, if you follow the hashtag, where's the money, Wes, online, uh, you could find a lot of veterans who are not very happy. They got to North Dakota. They found themselves in the middle of a good old prairie blizzard. Uh, they did not have enough supplies. They did not have adequate shelter. And now they're upset because they can't get in touch, allegedly. As you know, as, as I say this, maybe, you know, I'm sure it's a fluid situation, but 
The last time I checked in with them, they, they're not able to get in touch with Wesley Clark. Nobody knows where all the money went, and they're pretty upset. And you know what? I, I would be upset, too. Yesterday, uh, I, a Facebook message from one of the uh, one of the veterans. He says, I quote, still here in Fort Yates waiting for buses. I doubt we will beat the next blizzard. Wes Clark Jr. is not answering his calls. Vets need to reach out to Tulsi Gabbard and the Young Turks call for an investigation into Wes Clark Jr. A lot of people upset. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, if you watch their social media feeds, they haven't put up anything since, I think, early yesterday. Um, Wes Clark Jr. put out a a Facebook message from his comfortable hotel room at Prairie Nights, south of the, the protest camp, uh, sort of, you know, claiming some victory. They, they, he, he took credit for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers uh, refusing to issue the easement, which I think is a little silly. Uh, they also claimed that they stopped and attacked on, on protesters, which is a little silly because nobody was planning on attacking the protesters. But then also blamed... Um, you know, blamed their their organizational problems on the fact that they were only expecting about fifteen hundred veterans, and he claims some four thousand turned up. Except yesterday, we had on North Dakota Highway Patrol spokesman uh, Lieutenant Tom Iverson, who estimated, uh, you know, the, their their outside estimate of the population of the whole camps was like six thousand. And so West Clark Jr. is saying there were four thousand veterans there, which would mean that just about most of the camp, two-thirds of the camp, was veterans, which, frankly, is a little hard to believe. And it's it's just amazing to me because I'm, I'm, I'm watching all this, and it, it almost seems like this veterans group came to North Dakota and did more harm than good. They came here. They weren't supplied. They ended up taking up room at the hotels. They ended up taking up room at the camp, using resources because they didn't have their own resources, using resources that could have been used by other protesters. They came in here and they made a mess. And for all the for all the media attention and everything that that the, these veterans got coming in, it sure would be nice to see a similar level of coverage on the fact that they came here and just failed. I mean, they came here and just didn't really accomplish anything. That 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 bothers me a little bit. By the way, I got an email from. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody, it, it's somebody who works at the counter uh, at the Bismarck Airport. Doesn't want to go on the record using their name or anything, but they're saying that there were large numbers of protesters who have been showing up at the airport trying to fly out. Uh, some have flights, but most want to buy tickets. Uh, they are all using cash, and some have been upset when they can't get on the next flight out. The flights are so full, many aren't getting tickets until the weekend. They obviously have nowhere to go, so they've been st- trying to stay at the airport. Apparently, management started telling them that the airport closes overnight and they'd have to leave, but then the protesters started in on the racist comments of their usual stuff. So management caved in and let them stay overnight in the airport. They had to pay for overtime security. Didn't know if they were going to continue doing that or what their plan is. Said the majority of people on all flights out are protesters, and it's easy to know because they were proud to tell everyone they came from the protest. One asked for a shower facility, said she hadn't showered in over a week. You know, I, this is the problem. I mean, they're they're all trying to they're all trying to leave now. And what's really frustrating is that the governor told them that this was coming. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers told them that this is coming. Uh, 
Chairman Archambault is now even, although he didn't, he waited. The blizzard was already on us, and then he started saying he wanted everybody to leave. But he's on the record now saying he wanted these protesters to leave. I, I think long term, Standing Rock is going to to regret having invited a lot of these groups in that, that don't necessarily share the same objectives that Standing Rock does, that, that sort of used Standing Rock's stand against the pipeline as, as a way to, to, to sort of get themselves attention and get themselves money. I, I think there's been a lot of opportunists. And that's that's really unfortunate. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Let's see. Get some emails. Uh, going back to our topic from last hour, I had on uh, an attorney who representing a couple out of Minnesota challenging that state's human rights law. They don't want to have to work at gay marriages. Andrew emails. If you have a problem with a person not baking a cake for a same-cake marriage, then you better have a problem with them not baking a cake with a Confederate flag or a Nazi flag on it. If I go into a deli, I expect to be served bacon, even if the person is a Muslim. If if personal beliefs or religion can't reflect businesses for one person, they can't reflect biz, they can't affect business for everyone. Um, I yeah, I, I think the point there is: can you go like you know? Can I go into a vegetarian restaurant and you know demand a ham sandwich? Could I go into uh, a, a yeah a Muslim uh, deli and and demand a ham sandwich, despite the fact that they have a a religious um, objection, I, I guess, or, or religious uh, uh, belief that they don't want to, you know, you know, they have a religious belief about about you know those sorts of products and they don't want to sell them. And, and frankly, that's fine with me. You know, again, I want to live in a society that generally lets people live the lifestyles that they want to live, even if they're lifestyles that I don't necessarily agree with. Now, I don't want anarchy. I believe at a certain level of law. Uh, to you know because we all have to live with one another and the choices we make for ourselves intersect the lives that other people live but you know i i draw the line at at, you know allowing people to conscript a cake baker or conscript a wedding photographer i don't think that's right 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 let's see scott emails uh do the bakers or photographers ask if the couple are you gay or does that couple tell them, by the way, we are gay? It sounds like the store owners are bigoted and don't really need the business because a true entrepreneur would give a crap less whose money they take. I could care less about this temper tantrum issue, but it sure seems like a cry for attention by both sides. Damn good thing they don't have real problems in life that need some attention. Uh, you know, I would think in the case where if you're, uh, if you're providing services to a wedding, it's going to be pretty clear if the couple's same sex. You know, I, I think that's typically probably pretty obvious. But I agree. A good entrepreneur wouldn't turn down business, uh, you know, which is why I, I, I kind of question whether or not we need these laws. I'm not sure that businesses that make a habit out of, out of you know, discrimination are going to stay in business very long. It's, I, it's not good for business. 701-293-9000, More to come straight ahead. Rob sitting in for Jay for a little while. Jay's going to be back in later. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Just had to confirm Jay Thomas 
sighting. He'll uh, be taking over his show here at the bottom of the hour. A few minutes left with me, though, if you want to jump in. Let's see. Uh, Craig emails. They're talking about the uh, Dakota Access uh, Pipeline protest. Craig emails. Uh, Rob, someone needs to get Chase Iron Eyes on. His YouTube with a call to action from yesterday says they are not leaving, and the chairman is only one leader and does not speak uh, for all is disgusting. He is asking for money to support the people in the camps. He is also telling people to picket certain gas stations in Wells Fargo until they stop funding the pipeline. Uh, he speaks with a forked tongue. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I've had Chase on the program several times. I, I generally like the guy, but yeah, he's all over the map on, on this issue. And I don't think it's helpful to encourage people to stay out in this weather, to stay out parked at this camp when we all know, uh, you know, there's there's very real problems in terms of uh, responding to the camp for emergency services. There, there's problems uh, in terms of the weather. Uh, there's problems in terms of just, just camping out. It's dangerous. Uh, so, so the activists who are encouraging the protesters to stay out and, and to continue to camp in this, are being irresponsible, uh, you know, if, if, if something, and, and I hope nothing happens out there. I, I really do. Um, I don't want anybody to get hurt. Uh, I, I don't want anybody to, to die. I mean, my goodness, nobody wants that. But if something happens out there, I mean, who's responsible? The, the governor issued a mandatory evacuation order. Now, granted, you know, they said they weren't going to go in and force people out because we all know what that would have turned into. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers said they want people out. So that's, I, I, you know, leave. The, the, the chairman, Chairman Archibald of the tribe, says he wants people out. Now, I, I, I know Chase is saying that that's just one leader, but he is the elected leader of the tribe. Uh, by the way, I had a Sioux elder on my radio program, Charmaine Whiteface, from South Dakota. She is a member of the Great Sioux Nation. She is an elder in that community. And she said, it's time for them to go. So, you know, at some point, it really is time for them to go. It's it's dangerous what they're doing. Uh, and and, and the, only, the only reason I could see them continuing to stay out there, because... You know, let's be honest. It's they could they could come back. I mean, if 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 the, we know Trump's coming in, and we know that that the issue with the pipeline's not over, but they could come back, and, and they don't necessarily have to fight the pipeline from that camp. I mean, there's there's other alternatives. There's other things they could do if they're pragmatic about it. But I think the problem is the camp serves certain interests, certain professional organizing interest certain media narratives certain political narratives it serves all those things and so there's certain people that just don't want to let it go you know i mean you look at you look at, at at just the number of online fundraising accounts i mean there's dozens and dozens of them all over the all over the place ranging from you know asking for a couple hundred dollars for firewood to you know accounts that have raised millions i mean that's that's a lot of money and i i think there are people who are afraid that if they close the camp down a lot of that's going to go but that that is that is just so much the wrong priority because because you're gonna you're encouraging people to stay out and and to stay in the cold and to stay in a dangerous situation for 
what are really pretty crass uh, political calculations. 701-293-9000, I mean, at this point, if somebody gets hurt at the camp, who else is to blame but the protesters themselves who insisted on staying there despite a mandatory evacuation order from the governor, despite the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers setting a deadline that passed three days ago, by the way, to clear the land? despite repeated warnings from law enforcement. I mean, the North Dakota Department of Emergency Services is broadcasting a radio signal to the camp, giving them updates about the weather and encouraging them to find shelter and get out of the camp. It's time for them to go. It's time for them to wrap it up. They made their point. You know, at, at this point, the, the only thing you're serving, you're, you're, you're not helping the fight against the pipeline, setting all the politics aside, setting aside the fact that I support The only thing that, that, that you're that you're helping along is the potential for something bad happening. That's the problem. 701-293-9000, you want to join the program? 888-970-9329. Email me, talk at WDAY.com. I, you know, I, I hope it's over. And, and listen, the, the fight against the pipeline's not done. You know, Donald Trump's going to come in. He's going to do what he's going to do. I, I think the pipeline's ultimately going to be built. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think there's any question at that point, but you, you really have to wonder so, some of these big groups, and I actually just wrote my Sunday newspaper column about this. And I expand on this, this idea a little bit, uh, you know, we, we talk about big oil and, and, and it's sort of, sort of this, this fight between indigenous peoples and big oil. And I would su- suggest that there's another industry involved here and it's called big protest. And it's, it's this network of PR companies and lawyers and, you know, activists, organizers who profit from protests, whether it's Occupy Wall Street or the various Occupy movements or it's Black Lives Matter or now it's No Dapple. Um, it, has become, it has become an industry. And... It has become an industry that kicks off a not insignificant amount of money because these groups thrive on donations. And to get donations, they need attention. They need to make headlines. And what makes headlines but clashes, protests? You know, I, I, don't, I don't doubt for a minute the sincerity of, of, of the people uh, at Standing Rock who oppose the pipeline. By the way, not everybody at Standing Rock opposes the pipeline, by the way. Uh, but there are many people there up to and including the tribal chairman who do oppose the pipeline. They don't want to see the pipeline built. I don't question their sincerity at all. I think the problem is their movement has been co-opted by this this industry, big protest that has swooped in and in some ways did help elevate and get them more notoriety and know more attention. But now I think we're seeing the, the flip side of that coin where they profit by perpetuating it. Right. I mean, if, if you're if you're somebody who makes money from from protests and, and conflict, then you don't have any incentive to ever find a court. You don't have, have any interest to ever end it. Right. You're not incentivized to do that. That's not part of the business model. And I, I, I think there is very much an element of that down in South Central North Dakota. And I think those are the hardcores. Those are the people who don't want to let it go. Those are the people who want to hang on to the bitter end because they don't know where they're going next yet, right? The next conflict hasn't sprung up yet. And so they want to hold on to this one as long as they possibly can. That's unfortunate. That's too bad. 
888-970-9329. Jay Thomas coming up next. Don't go away.